0: Coming to you live from his padded cell, high atop Bethel Church, the most heralded, the most despised talk show in all of human history. This is the talk show Hell Hates. This is Pastor Mike Online. And here we are coming to you live from our top secret broadcasting bunker, Here at Area 52, which is right next to Area 51, although we don't want that known. We don't want the NSA, the CIA, or YouTube finding out where we are in case they want to shut our program down, which is, I mean, that's been done before. Uh, There is a guy I follow on uh, YouTube. He deals with um, realistic UFO alien type subjects. Uh, he's not prone, as far as what I can see, to National Enquirer type stuff. Uh, it, it's uh, Secure Team 10. Anyway, they shut his YouTube channel down. Well, no, they didn't shut it down. They demonetized every one of his videos, and he's been doing this as his living for about the past seven years. And somehow, mysteriously, they just said, We're done. And um, now it took, a, I mean, he put a call out. A lot of people uh, wrote in to YouTube or they tweeted different things and so on. And so YouTube restored that. But the, the reasoning that YouTube gave was, to me, was just silly. Um, it's similar to what YouTube did to me a few years ago. They shut my whole YouTube channel down. Took it offline and it was it was stupid why they did it it was it was there was no reasoning and never got it was like there was a complaint that it was like you know provocative like racially provocative or something i don't remember the word they used but like i was inciting you know world war 3 and you know race riots and and i wrote them and i said no way so they put it back but no apology No explanation whatsoever, and I figured somebody, you know, somebody hyped up some sort of complaint to YouTube, and they said, "Oh, we're going to shut this guy down." And then when I complained to him, oh, we didn't. It was it was a mistake. We didn't mean to do that. Anyway, I got a lot to talk about today, you guys. I have had people all day yesterday uh, send me uh, a couple of related stories about UFOs, and I'm going to be dealing with that momentarily. However, there is something else that has caught my eye, and I'm going to pop that up here on the screen, uno momento, por favor. Pardon my French. And uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of things going on in this world. Um, And if you know the Bible, you believe the Bible, and you're not, um, you You already don't have your maps drawn out of how everything's going to happen. You know, first it's going to be this pre rapture, and then there's going to be this, and then there's going to be this. And if you already don't have the maps drawn, um, then you're open to what's happening in this world. But some people have already shut all the doors, and they said, nope, we've already got it figured out. Uh, that we There's no need, you know, need to pay attention to all that stuff, because that's not going to happen until after the rapture, so we don't have to worry about it. I'm looking at stuff now that is going to take place. Before, not after. Before. Now you may you may say I'm not listening to Hoggard again. I all it. I had a, a person write me an email and they said, you know, we sat down and we listened to somebody talk about you know the pre-trib rapture and we're just going. How come they're not giving any scriptures? Why are they not quoting scripture for this? Why are they not saying, you know, the Bible says this? And so, yeah, the same question I asked. And again, I don't mean to offend good brethren in the Lord. And some of them, friends of mine, may not be after a day, but you no, know, no, we're friends. And um, I, so, and I don't go after them all the time saying, oh, you guys are idiots. You're wrong. You guys are crazy, you know. I don't do that. We're not, you know, 1 Thessalonians 4. After it describes for us, you know, us meeting the Lord in the air, it says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. And I don't believe in beating people up over my rapture views. I don't believe in that. But Now, some people do, apparently, but I I don't think we're supposed to hit w- one another with these words. I think we're supposed to comfort one another with these words. So, my brothers in the Lord who disagree with me on whether the rapture is pre-trib or whatever, I love you. I'm not out to get you. I would never hurt you in a million years. Uh, but I think differently now than I used to uh, because I I went just to the scriptures I didn't I didn't read dr so-and-so's books I didn't read the Loazzo brother uh, charts and maps and diagrams I didn't I I won't say I haven't read dispensational truth because I have but I'm not buying it The moment Clarence Larkin stepped out of the King James because he couldn't find what he wanted in the King James and went with the revised version, revised standard version, I'm just going, you lost me right there. Now, that doesn't mean that that's the only reason why I disagree with it because I read it, I examined it thoroughly, and I I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Anyway, let me show you this. This this pertains to technology. Now, if you're only looking at one area of of events going on in the world, then I think you're I, I think you're not getting all of everything. Like some people only look at the RFID chip. Oh the RFID chip, that's the mark of the beast right there. No. I think there's a lot more to it than that. I don't think we can see the mark of the beast yet. We can see pieces, but those pieces have not been integrated yet, but they're getting closer to one another. Technology has a lot to do with this. It's not just an alien invasion. That's one part of it. Meanwhile, you have people already down here working on the technology of the beast in order to bring his new world order in. Certain technological things have to be already sitting there on the shelf, ready to implement. Yes, a communing of humans with technology is part of this. It's not all of it, but it's part of this. Now, I'm going to pull up on the screen and show you what I'm looking at, because it's mundo interesting. Uh Uh-oh, what happened to my screen capture? Ability. Well, that ain't it. Where is my? Scr- where is my? Uh, hang on. Give me a couple of seconds here for a little technical difficulty. I mean, I've got it on the screen, ready to go, but Wirecast is not. Uh, ah, there we go. Hey, praise the Lord. Yes, Amen. There we go. All right, get ready. Get ready for this one. This is uh, an article about Intel and some new technology that's about ready to come out on the shelf. In other words, it's 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 about to be in products that is going to end up in our hands at any moment. Devices built with Intel's Ice Lake and Project Athena. Think about that word, Project Athena. Will be available in time for the holidays. 10th generation Intel Core processors. Uh, you know, 10 uh, nanometer processing uh, technology. I think that's what NM stands for. I may be wrong. Two times graphic improvement, nearly three times faster wireless speed. Uh, now look at the look at the what it's saying here. Even before Computex officially launched today, AMD and Qualcomm threw down the gauntlet at Intel with a new chip and a 5G PC, respectively. Now, I, I'm hearing a lot of things about 5G. Let me explain to you just the 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 tip of the iceberg, what it is. 5G is the new wireless download um, technology. It is going to connect... Every human and every device. That's what it's meant for. Once every device and every human's connected, you see, I want you to think ahead, all right? So they they're let's say that the technology to connect the human brain to the internet that's being worked on in this corner over here and over here the the technology to give this, the, the data speeds for the technology to hu- hook the human brain up to the Internet. Because, I mean, after all, who wants a brain connected to the Internet at dial-up speed? Mm. I mean, can you imagine your brain going... Eh. You remember how the old modem sounded, right? And then who wants to be waiting for, you know, a 20-word text document to download, you know, taking five minutes to get one page downloaded? Who wants that, right? So that's dial-up. That's 3G technology. We're now, you know, most devices now are 4G, and we're going, eh. Downloads not bad. You can watch a YouTube video, you can watch Netflix, or you, whatever. All right. 5G is going to change everything. And I don't say those words just because, you know, it sounds big. 5G is going to change everything. If you think technology is okay now, wait. Now, people are going, you know, 5G is gonna give us all cancer it's blowing people's brains up, and then you know, then we need to get that stopped. Go ahead and write to your congressman, go ahead and complain and expose 5G for what it is. You're not gonna stop this. It's going to happen. And the 5G is is, you know, if the guys over here are working on brain internet devices to connect a human brain with the internet. 5G and probably 6G, when it comes, is going to be the technology that gives it the speeds and the bandwidth. Speed is one thing, but having, being able, you know, it's like if you're the only one connected to wireless internet at your house, then, you know, the sky's a limit, right? But then when everybody walks in the door all of their tablets and all of their phones are connecting to the Wi-Fi, and they're all getting downloads, they're all getting updates on apps, and they're all uploading the pictures to the cloud, and they're all all this and all that. Well, then it chokes it down. Why? Because so many packets can go in. That's what happens when your computer sends information to the Internet. It does not send a stream. It sends it in packets. It Let's say you're watching Netflix. A movie is going to be downloaded to your device, all right? It doesn't just stream it like, you know, television waves back in the day or radio waves. You know, it doesn't just stream it like this. It divides it up into little packets, and it'll send, you know, 100 megabytes all at once, then another 100 megabytes, and then another 100 megabytes. And what it's doing is sending you the movie in chunks, okay, and you're phone or your tablet or your computer is taking these chunks and laying them down so that you can watch the whole movie. So let's say it takes, to send all these packets down, let's say it takes 8 minutes to send an entire movie down. Alright? But it's sending it down in little pieces. Well, everybody's everybody's home now. you got 6 or 8 people in the family and they're all connected and they're all battling over chunk space, because while chunks are being sent from Dad's phone and chunks are being sent from Mom's tablet, you know, some of the chunks are going from Dad's phone and some of the chunks are coming in from Mom's tablet, but then when the three kids start wanting their chunks from the Internet, they're not all going to go at the same time. Okay, when you get water from a hose, you can't get all of the water all at once. That's 4G. 5G, then, is not only going to provide the speed, but the width. So that if there's 100 people who are living in your house, then all 100 people are going to be able to get all of what they want all the time. That's 5G. And then we're going to get into 6G. I don't know if that's being where I'm sure it is. But here's the thing. You can hook one person's brain up to the Internet. And with the Internet along with all the devices in your house. But that's not going to enable everybody to be able to hooked in at the same time. 5G will. Because more more data is sent over the internet from devices than it is actual a human wet you know browsing the web and we're talking now now we're talking cameras in your house we're talking your stove your refrigerator your thermostat um you know the personal devices that you're wearing on your body, all of those are sending data out and receiving data in from the Internet. It's called the Internet of Things. And so now we have to expand the bandwidth and we have to expand the speeds. So that's what 5G is. So now we have a computer. Qualcomm, they make chips for mobile devices. Intel they also make chips for mobile devices but they also make chips for computers so now we have if you have if your computer can handle you know really high download with like th- our download here at Bethel Church is 300 gigabits per second i'm not going to spend time explaining that but that's what it is that's what our down is our up is about 12 to 15 which is not bad which means we can stream out more streams all at once That's not real, and this computer is able to handle that. It's able to actually keep up with the speed, but that's about it. So, if you were to have 5G network connection with these amazing speeds, my computer is not fast enough to even handle the speeds. Okay. My computer could not bring in information as fast as what the Internet can deliver it now, which has never happened before, ever. Okay? So now we've got to develop five GPCs. PCs. All right. So today Intel responded in kind during his keynote presentation introducing new processors, laptops in, adi- in addition to unveiling Ice Lake its 10th gen Intel Core uh, core chips now shipping to OEMs which stands for original equipment manufacturers the companies that actually make computers and phones the 10 nm processors will increase speeds um, for AI computing, tasks and graphics, and boost wireless speeds up to three times, Intel says. But And I'm reading this because there's things in here. But uh, built on Intel's Sunny Cove architecture, Gen 11 graphics engine. Gen 11 graphics engine. Let me push the button here for that one. Why? You ever watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Oh, you. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. We love you. You ever, you ever, you ever watch that movie? Did you ever, you ever happen to notice the um, the license plate for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? It was Gen 11. Not, I'm, go watch it. Go go check me out. Go look at it. Now, I have no idea why it was Gen 11, but it was G-E-N-1-1. What is Gen 11? Now, you could say, well, that's a Generation 11 graphics engine. I think it means more than that. What am I thinking? Tell me what I'm thinking here. Gen 11, what do you think? Let's open up a can of King James on this, shall we? Gen 11, verse 1, and the whole earth was of one language and one speech. That's why I pushed the button. Because that was how it was back then, but that's not how it is now. The whole earth isn't of one language and one speech, but it's about to be. The whole earth was of one language and one speech, and what were they able to do with that one language and that one speech? They were able to say, as a united people, think about what is here they said go to let us make brick and burn them throughly and they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar and they said go to let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth so let's do a count they said one to another go to which was the very like one of the first basic instructions i ever learned Programming basic computers back in the 80s. So when you wrote an instruction to the computer, you had a list of things you wanted the computer to do. And let's say it was waiting on an input. You were going to type in something from the keyboard. So let's say if you typed in your name, Mike. So if I typed in my name, the next line on the code would be If A string equals Mike, then go to line 110 or whatever. Go to meant, if something happened, then go to a different line of the program and execute those instructions. Go to. Go to, let us make brick and burn them throughly. How many words do we have here? We have 10 words. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and his tower, whose top may reach unto heaven. Let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now we have 36 words. Add them up. 46. Go to. So that's what they did. Or they started it. So we have 46 words. 46 chromosomes. Technology mingled with human beings. Gen 11 is about man no longer being a part of just the earth. Man ascribes to be in the heavens. Now, for all my flat earth people, I'm not, the NASA isn't the one who came up with that idea. If you say it's impossible, You're wrong. God said it would happen. Um, Though they dig into hell, then shall mine hand take them. And though they climb up to heaven, thence will I bring them down. That's what God said they would. He said if they climb to heaven. Now, he didn't say if they climb to heaven, they'll find out that that's impossible. He never, that's one thing God never said. That's Amos 9. Go to Obadiah chapter 1. Though thou exalt thyself, is the eagle, Houston, Tranquility Base here? The eagle has landed, and though they set thou, though thou set thy nest among the stars, thence will I bring thee down, saith the Lord. God said that. God said man would do that. God said man would say that. You can't convince flat Earth people of anything. Gen eleven, the Gen eleven graphic. So is, is that related to? Genesis 11. Could be. I'm not saying 100%, but it just, when I add it to all these other things here, the series includes chips with up to four cores, eight threads, uh, up to 4.1 max turbo frequency, up to 1.1 gigahertz G- graphics frequency. Gen 11 will enable faster graphics in laptops, 4K, if you know what 4K is, HDR, and a billion colors in games. My goodness, when we were running our com- Commodore computers, we had as many as 16 colors. <laughs> it was amazing. Or 32, was it 32 colors maybe? I don't know. But now billions of colors. Games with up to two times faster frames per second, Intel claims. Now look at this. With Thunderbolt 3 technology, hit it again. Why? Again, what does a Thunderbolt represent? What does it... What did Jesus see? First, let's stop off here. Daniel ten six. His body was also like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning. What did Jesus see? Luke ten eighteen. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. So, thunderbolt technology. Why did they name it? Why did they name it that? Why did they call it that? Where do they get these names from? Project Athena. What is that? That's the goddess. It's the goddess of wisdom and not Bible wisdom, not God's wisdom. See, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is described as a woman, which has led some people who just for what i don't know for some unknown reason it has led some people to say that the holy spirit is a woman wrongly so feminine the the reference to the holy spirit is never given in the female in your in your king james bible it never is it's given the same masculine you know identification as God the Father and God the Son and it's not God is the Holy Spirit it's not that when God said you know like in Genesis 1 let us make man in our image after our likeness three times he said that let us make man in our image after our likeness man our image meaning the holy ghost and the son and the father Masculine, but anyway. So uh, here's what I'm trying to get you. To. In the Book of Proverbs, you have the the um, the pure woman, and you have the strange woman, the harlot woman. So the pure woman would be, well, Jerusalem above, which is free, which is the mother of us all. Where does where does our Bible come from? It comes from heaven. Alright? So, who's the church? A female, a woman. So, think of things like that. But then you have the the strange woman, the harlot. She is Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. She is a false church, full of false believers, with a false prophet. Okay? Everything false. Uh, So, instead of it being biblical wisdom, it's occult wisdom. And these people say that they have a, they have a knowledge that passes, you know, what your what your brain can figure out, what your mind can fathom. It's a knowledge that is unspeakable. Well, the knowledge that God gives us and the wisdom that God gives us is speakable knowledge, wisdom. But her knowledge, the strange woman, Athena, gives occult knowledge. Let me let me um, give you an illustration. In the temple of Apollo, Apollo was the god of prophecy. The temple of Apollo was ruled over by women. There was a female priestess, the, um, the oracle. It, by the way, the, uh, the temple of Apollo was at Delphi. Delphi is a computer company. Oracle is a computer company. So you have the, the oracle at Delphi, which was a female priestess. You would go to her, and you would give her a gift, money, or anything like that. and You would say, okay, I want to know if I'm going to have good crops next year. Should I hire more, you know, should I buy more slaves or whatever? So you would go with your large, you know, bag of money. And then the priestess would go to the oracle. And the oracle was, you know, this hidden chamber with these... Vestal virgins in it. These women were there for life, and then you would the priestess would ask the god Apollo this prophetic question. Then the answer would come down in the form of the oracles. These women speaking in an unknown tongue, and nobody knew the interpretation of that tongue except guess who, the high priestess. Okay. And you know what? Depending on the gift, depending on the gift, it would either be good news or it would be bad news. You know, if the gift was nothing, if the gift was, uh, you know, here is is a one-year coupon to the Cheese of the Month Club. Enjoy that. Okay? The, the answer would come, the priest would, priestess would come back and say, uh, you're, you're, you're gonna starve to death next year, okay? You're not getting nothing because I didn't get anything. But if your if your gift was large, well the priestess is not going to come back with doom and gloom. Oh my goodness, the amount of the amount of crops you're going to have next year is is equal to this gift that you've given us. And that's what they would do. But it was just all secretive, and besides, the guy couldn't argue. He didn't understand what those girls were saying. It was unknown, unfathomable, unspeakable language. Sound familiar? So that's that's what Athena, and by the way, her symbol is an owl. Athena's symbol was an owl. That's why the owl is supposed to be, oh, this wise owl. You know, they go to the owl and say, Mr. Owl, how many licks does it take to get to the Tootsie Roll Center? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three. <coughs> a three. Anyway, Project Athena Gen Eleven. What else will we find out here? Project Athena Gen Eleven. Oh, Thunder a uh, Thunderbolt. Thunderbolt. And then what else is in here? Snapdragon! The dragon's involved here. 5G laptop. Return to the stage with Intel to showcase the ultra-lightweight yoga. Oh, my goodness. I missed that one. Look at that one. Yoga. What is that? Yoga is... Yoga means... Yoke. Let's do this. That's what yoga means. The word yoga means yoke. No, not yoke like a yoke of an egg. That was stupid. It means this. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Belial is... Satan, Lucifer, the dragon, the devil, uh, Bell, or Baal. Christ, there is no concord. That's I mean, that's why Satan did what he did when Jesus had fasted 40 days. Try to get him into a concord. Not an AMC Concord, a concord, agreement, a document, a contract. Here, Jesus, see all these kingdoms. Bow to me, worship me. I'll give them all to you. You shall not tempt the name. You shall not tempt the Lord thy God. No, it was. Um, uh, you shall have no. Anyway, you know what he said. But anyway, Satan's like, okay, jump off this cliff, and you know, th- then the angels come down and pick you up. Then you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Three times he was tempted to be drawn into an agreement with Satan. A concord, a contract. And Jesus said, absolutely not. I'm not doing it. Um, what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? That's somebody who don't believe. What part do we have with them that don't believe? Nothing. What agreement at the temple of God with idols? None. The answer to all of these, zero. So, but it starts out with unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Yoke. And in and in um, yoga, it wasn't... Now, let me explain a little bit about Hindu theology. Number one, there's 330 million gods. These, of course, these 330 million gods are the 33%, one-third... Of the angels that are with the dragon on his side fighting the war in heaven. That's where those 330 million gods came from. And those gods are gods of this and gods of that, and gods of chickens, and gods of feathers, and gods of dust, and I mean there's I mean, it's just an endless supply of gods that you have to worship, that you have to try to appease. But the idea is that you need to, you need to connect with God. So you you went to Connection Church or the Connect Bible Study. You you read the Connect Sunday School literature. See how that stuff is moving in? You read Marilyn Ferguson's Aquarian Aquarian Conspiracy, where she she was a New Ager, and she's writing about. What, what they're doing. Well, what are we up to these days? Well, we've infiltrated, you know, we've infiltrated government. We've infiltrated uh, financial institutions. We've infiltrated big business. We have infiltrated... Um, Forms of higher education, we've infiltrated forms of lower education, we've infiltrated universities, we have infiltrated seminaries, and we've infiltrated large denominations and small denominations, and we've infiltrated pulpits all over the world. That's what she was saying. She was basically saying, we're here and you're not going to get rid of us. We are going to bring in a new age. just going to be a matter of time, but we're going to do it. And here's how we're doing it. And there was a lot of new agers that were angry with her for writing this book and it's like you know it's they were afraid that it would slow the advance of the new age movement down never phased them it's advanced and has not stopped all of these years even though Ferguson basically exposed it all she was I guess under the opinion that even if I tell everything we're doing who's going to care and that's exactly what happened. So I read pretty much all of the Aquarian conspiracy. And I found out she wasn't lying. She wasn't lying. When you see, when you see all of these buzzwords that are in the New Age movement connect um, 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 a great awakening... Um, paradigm shift, and these are words and phrases that are being used by Rick Warren and all these other churches, you can pretty much spot a New Age church if you know the lingo and you know the real Bible. So don't, I wouldn't read the Connect Sunday School literature or or the Connect, go to the Connect Bible study or Connection Church. I wouldn't, I would not waste my time because it's a setup. It's a, they keep saying we're going to make a connection with God. That's not possible. Except by way of the cross. It's not possible. So the connection of yoga, the yoke of yoga is that you want here is here is Brahma the Hindu God, or a Hindu God. And you want to have him in you. You want his thoughts to be your thoughts. And you want, you know, him to come and take over and possess your being. You want to put a yoke of iron that yokes you with Brahma and the other 330 million gods. So what you do is you do yoga because in Hindu theology they really push that through bodily exercise, through the conditioning of the muscles of the body and for mastery of the human body, that through that you're able to connect to Brahma. So will you see more Yoga classes being done in churches, and not less. Absolutely you will. You're also going to see meditative practices brought in that's not necessarily yoga. Anything except preaching the King James Bible. Anything but that is what you're going to see. But that's, what yoga, that's why you have a yoga laptop built on Project Athena with a Snapdragon, um, processor with Thunderbolt 3 technology and Gen 11 technology, graphics engine. What? A- oh, here we go. Yesterday, AMD revealed the 12-core Ryzen 9 3900X. Now, it's a long word, but what is Ryzen? Or maybe it's Risen. Think about it. It's not Christ risen, right? It's not him. Who would it be? Christ is already already risen. he's already risen. What rises? well, dough with yeast in it bum, bum, bum. but really it's a it's sort of a play on the word Zen. What is Zen? It's a sort of a form of Buddhism. Buddha is their god. He is an ascended master now. And it has to do with meditation. Emptying the mind out to where once you have emptied and to them Thoughts get in the way between you and God. Thinking does. Thinking is a very poor, you know, if you think about Bible verses, or if you, you know, I'm going to say it, if you think Bible, well, that's bad. Thinking, thinking Bible and thinking about Bible verses is bad, according to these people. It's not good, and, you know, because then, then your thoughts get in the way. And people like Rick Warren promoted this years ago. How do I unplug from this crazy world we live in with all these thoughts that happen? And thoughts are bad. Thoughts are terrible. Thoughts are negative. So what you do is you you go into this meditative, you use this prayer language, this prayer practice, where you empty your mind of everything and you just chant a verse of scripture over it, but don't think about the verse. No, no, no. Don't do what Paul said. Think on these things. Don't think on these things. Unthink on these things. The absence of thinking, the absence of thought, empty your mind to where there's no thinking whatsoever, and then... God will talk to you. You'll hear a whisper coming out of your inner being, a whispering voice. Only place in the whole Bible whispering. Isaiah twenty-nine four. Thou shalt be brought down, and thou shalt speak out of the ground, and thy speech shall be low out of the dust, and thy voice shall be as one that hath a familiar spirit out of the ground, and thy speech shall whisper out of the dust. A whisper. You know what a whisper is? It's speech without voice. Now some say that's how well that's how the Holy That's how the Holy Ghost spoke to Elijah the prophet. No, it isn't. Elijah didn't hear a whisper. That may be what some of the new translations say, I don't know, I haven't checked. But Elijah did not hear a whisper. He heard a still, small voice. A voice, nonetheless. It was small and still, but it was a voice, nonetheless. It was not a whisper. Familiar spirits whisper. Ghosts whisper. Hey, I'm talking to you. I'm God. That kind of stuff. You're going to hear a whisper out of your innermost being. And what ha- what they want to tell you is that you have contacted God. You have spoken directly to God without the cross, without a mediator. Without Jesus Christ, you have spoken right to God. Oh, I missed. Here's another one thing I missed. I'm not done. I'm not done. That's going to segue into what we're doing next. For gamers, Until. Showed off its ninth generation Intel Core powered laptops. Alienware! Here we go! Now add all this together Gen 11, Thunderbolt, Snapdragon, Project Athena, Ryzen, Alienware. Did I miss one? Yoga. Add all this together. Why, why all of this kind of language in technology? Because of where the technology is going. Because of where it's taking mankind. We're going, we are being propelled to, the, to a future that has already been predetermined. And foreseen in Scripture, it's uh, with God. It's already happened. He's already seen the outcome of everybody's life, and God knows where this technology. This is why, when you read this stuff, you can go right to your Bible and say, "This is that which was spoken." That's why, because it's all there. So, what do we have? Alienware. Let's see here. Ryzen. Athena, Yoga, Snapdragon, Thunderbolt, did I say Athena, Project Athena? And Gen 11. Technology is going to propel mankind right into the mark of the beast. You know, I understand, you know, your concerns about you know the uh, the RFID chip because that's gonna that's what's gonna monitor everybody. They're gonna monitor everybody with this RFID chip, and then they're all gonna be monitored. And yeah, but that you know you'd have some people believing that in inserting an RFID chip would have instantly turn them into you know uh, computer controlled zombies or you know whatever, and that's never happened. Or that if they got a chip under their skin, immediately they're the, you know that's they're the product of Satan and and they're devil possessed and uh, that's not happened. But I, you know, I understand RFID chip monitoring, I get that. But the RFID chip, the way it exists now, is not the mark of the beast. It is a predecessor, and I don't again I don't think we can actually see what it is. I don't, think it, I don't think we're there yet. I think we're headed there. I think the clues are there in technology. And I'll, I'll give you this. Here's what really got me going about an RFID chip. Was when they first came out, they were called Digital Angel. Think about the term. And that it was going to be a connection between technology and the human soul. That was said back in 1999, 2000, somewhere around in there. So, yeah, I mean, I made a big deal about this several years ago. Digital angel connecting the human soul to technology. Well, it didn't really do that. It was thought of that that was where it was headed, but it didn't really do that. I mean, there's been people had, I mean, think about it. A pacemaker is an electronic device, and I know people who have pacemakers who go to our church. They're not zombies of the beast. They're not devil-possessed. They're still alive because my dad had a pacemaker. Didn't turn him into the Antichrist or anything like it. And, no, I didn't want to get into that you know people made a big deal about the healthcare bill that and you know by march by march 2013 everybody's going to have to have the rfid chip cuz that was written in the healthcare bill uh that was 6 years ago where is it where is it that everybody now is registered with their mark of the beast that never happened that's 6 years ago everybody's forgotten about it. all the videos are still up on that but everybody's forgotten about it And people got mad at me because I didn't make big noise about it. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I did not make big noise about the health care bill date of March 2013 for when everybody's going to have to get the mark of the beast. Because then I would have to come out and say, uh, I made a big noise about it and it didn't happen. Sorry. I am making big noise about this. And I appreciate everybody who's helping me watch what's going on. I took a day off yesterday. It was Memorial Day. I took a day off. Uh, me and Sweetie Pie and my daughter went to visit this Mennonite community about three hours away. And I love going to their shops. I love talking to them. And it's just a good day. Uh, but I got text messages. I got emails from people saying, Pastor Mike, have you seen this article? And there's a couple of them out. But I'm telling you. When I say, get, you know, my wife, bless her heart, she doesn't sit around and read Bigfoot books and UFO books and ghost books and cryptid creature books and all this, you know, and she says, I'm just not, I don't know, some of that stuff just don't sound right to me. You know what? I don't, I love her being skeptical. I love that because that helps anchor me. If I'm gonna say something, I'm gonna to have to try to convince my wife. Now, my does my wife believe the Bible? Absolutely. She believes every word of it. But I have to it God's allowed me to go way out there. She's more anchored at home. So if I go way out there and I come back and I say, honey, UFOs are real, I'm gonna to have to, I'm gonna to have to be able to prove it. I mentioned to her last night before we went to bed, I said, I've had probably half a dozen people send me, there's a new article out today, that these pilots everywhere have been in contact with UFOs. She went, hmm, that's a big thing for her! So I'm telling you today what everybody's. so appreciate everybody helping me watch out. So let me read this article. Navy pilots describe encounters with UFOs. This is New York Times. New York Times does not is not the National Enquirer. They're the ones who broke the story several years ago when Harry Reid, uh, who believes in UFOs, uh, was allowed to allocate $22 million to the Pentagon, and he told him, this is how you're going to spend it. You're going to spend it studying UFOs. So they hired Lou, Lou Elizondo, uh, former Navy SEAL. Uh, the guy's got credentials out his nose, military credentials. Okay, The guy is a fighting soldier for the United States of America and a patriot. But they hired him to go out and ask all these pilots, all these Navy captains, all these Marines, all these people people who are monitoring um, our military bases, our nuclear bases, and ask them about what they saw. So the the New York Times broke the story, but they didn't get leaked information. This was information that was officially released by the Pentagon. So the article says U.S. Navy has been reporting UFOs, suspected aircrafts encountered during flights that they can't recognize or explain. The New York Times has collected some of their stories, including that of Lieutenant Ryan Graves, an F-A-18 Super Hornet pilot. Graves has been with the Navy for 10 years, but in 2014 and 15, he saw something he could not explain. The Times described the object seen by Graves and other pilots as having, quote, no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes, able to reach, quote, 30,000 feet and hypersonic speeds, and at least one of them which spun like a top moving against the wind. It's what they called the gimbal. Graves said these objects, which appeared between summer 2014 March 2015, would be out there all day. Now, he's, here's, here's what he said. Keeping an aircraft in the air requires a significant amount of energy or fuel. With the speeds we observe, 12 hours in the air is 11 hours longer than we'd expect, he added. In other words... A, a, a pilot flying an F A eighteen Super Hornet, flying at s- supersonic speed, which is above the speed of sound, flying at that fast. You, and he said, "What he's saying is, my plane cannot fly above the speed of sound for twelve hours." That's 11 hours longer than I could do it. This is So he's saying, here they are, they're just hanging there in air for 12 hours. And they did this for days on end. They'd go out there and find them every day. And we're only talking about five years ago, period. Graves and other pilots told The Times that they began noticing strange objects after their decades-old radar system... Graded. The pilots initially thought that they were false radar tracks. People have seen strange stuff in military air code for aircraft for decades, Graves told the Times. We're doing this very complex mission to go from 30,000 feet diving down. It would be a pretty big deal to have something up there. Another pilot, Lieutenant Danny coin uh, maneuvered below one of the objects. He told the Times he was close enough to where he should have been able to see it but could not. He couldn't see it, but his radar was picking it up. That's why he knew it was there. A few days later, the object reemerged, and this time, a training missile locked onto it. Automatically. Because there was an object in front of him. Uh, His missile targeting system immediately locked onto it. It was a training missile, so it had no actual warhead. So, a said his infrared camera locked on it, too. Now... Article goes on. I knew I had it. I knew it was not a false hit, he told the Times. But still, I could not pick it up visually. Finally, a pilot saw one of the objects. Graves said the pilot came back from a mission with a look of shock on his face. I almost hit one of those things, Graves said the pilot told him. The pilot described the object as a sphere encasing a cube. Now, let me stop right here. I've read Morals and Dogma. I've read... um, Secret Teens of All Ages, I have other Masonic books in my collection. A very, very important symbol in Masonry is that of a square inside, or a circle inside of a square, or a square inside of a circle. It's called circling the square. Now, think about those two objects. A circle is not ever... A square and a square is not ever a circle. You cannot draw a square by using a circle. You cannot draw a circle by using a square. They're, they're two completely different. It's like like putting a square peg in a round hole. They say you can't do it. It can't be done. It's not geographically, geometrically possible. They're opposites. The square and the compass are opposites. The square points down to the earth, the compass points up to the heavens. So, Albert Pike would describe it like this. The compass draws circles, which gives us the the circle of the sun's movement in the sky, or the globe of the um, of the heavens, because and and um, Pike said because the ancients believed that the earth was a flat square plane, then the square, the Mason square, would be used to draw squares. So he said the compass represents the heavens, the square represents the earth and the two are joined together. You circled the square. Um, Thomas Jefferson's home, Monticello, Monticello, however you pronounce it, was basically because Thomas uh, uh, Jefferson believed in Masonic ideas. His home was an attempt to square the circle. Okay? I mean, that's what what it was. So, in in Masonry a circle and a square combined together represent the fourth kingdom they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men or the heavens joined with the earth so when i see this a sphere casing a cube seen by this pilot it was like this this cube and the you know it kind of gives you the idea of this see-through sphere see-through globe Surrounding this cube, the cube being let's say the ship, the sphere around it may be some sort of uh you know energy field surrounding it or whatever that's just a guess, but anyway, footage from these flights showed objects moving in ways no human could survive, such as accelerated ex- acceleration to hypersonic speed and then suddenly stopping. Understand that when your car goes. 65 miles an hour, it doesn't go from 0 to 65 in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. It doesn't do that. You, it would kill you. It would, you know, the human body, speed doesn't kill the human body. Acceleration at high speeds does. Or deceleration does. Going one direction and then instantly going another direction will kill you. Our bodies cannot handle that type of force. Because the human when a human body stops when it's been going at a high speed, I mean it pulls the heart loose from all the blood vessels and the you know the aorta and the whatever. It pulls it loose. Our bodies can handle that. But that's what that was doing. The pilots made no statement as to whether they believed the objects were alien. They just said, we saw the objects. We're not saying they're alien. We saw the objects. This month has seen several stories about the way the Navy handles such sightings. At the beginning of this month, the Daily Wire reported the Navy was encouraging pilots to report their encounters with unidentified craft. A few days later, the military branch suggested it would re-engage or renege on a promise to reveal reported encounters. Just last week, the Pentagon confirmed it was still tracking reports of UFOs. In a statement provided exclusively to the Post, a DOD spokesman said a secret government Initiative called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program ATIP did pursue research and investigation into unidentified aerial phenomena. That's where Luis Elizondo came into play. That's what that was his program. That's the one Harry Reid set up with twenty two million dollars. Now there's another article, New York Times, came out yesterday. The strange objects, one of them looked like a spinning top moving against the wind, against the wind, seamlessly, without any, you know, when a plane moves against the wind and you're in the plane, you know you're moving against the wind. These things moved against the wind and it seemed like there was no resistance whatsoever. Um... Appeared almost daily. Listen to this story. The strange objects appeared almost daily from the summer of 2014 to March 2015. How many months is that? High in the skies over the East Coast. Navy pilots reported to their superiors that the objects had no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes, but that they could reach 30,000 feet at hypersonic speeds. I want you to understand this article, what they just told you. The New York Times, not the National Enquirer, the New York Times just told you that every day for, let's say, nine months... There were UFOs in the sky staying there every day for months. That if 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 the Russians or the Chinese sent out fighter ships every day and approach the coast of the United States of America for nine months straight, we would have been at war already. No doubt about it. If the the Chinese Army or the Chinese Air Force would have sent out, I don't know if they fly MiGs or what. whatever they fly, if they would have sent out fighter jets that approached the east coast of the United States of America every day for nine months. We would have been at war. We would have said, uh, we don't know what you're up to, but we want you to stop. We're warning you to stop. They still didn't stop. We're coming, and our guys going out to meet them every day, we would have been at war. Somebody would have got shot. We would have started a war. Nuclear bombs would have gone off already. These things would be out there all day, said Lieutenant Ryan Graves, an FAA Super Hornet pilot, this is Ryan, by the way, who has been with the Navy for 10 years. He reported his sightings to the Pentagon and Congress. I I want you to grasp this now. For those of you who believe that all UFOs are the product of the... I keep using the National Enquirer. Why? Because they're known for not always telling the truth and especially they're the ones who keep putting bat boy on the front cover right and you know ufos you know have you know i i have a ufo baby you know said marilyn moreau or you know, barbara bush barbara bush quote i had a ufo baby stuff like that right that nobody believes. well now we'll say nobody believes But just unbelievable stories that are probably not true anyway, but they don't mind running it because it sells magazines. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about the New York Times is telling you, and I want you to hear this. The New York Times is telling you that Congress has been informed that known ships from an unknown source has approached the east coast of the United States of America every day for nine months. Congress has now been informed. So what's been done about it? I think it would be silly to say that Congress said, you're drunk, get out of here. They didn't say that. Congress has not told the Pentagon, we're pulling all your funding. If you're just going to go out chasing little gray men, then we're pulling your funding. That didn't happen either. So, understand the enormity of what's happening right now. Public policy of the United States government has now been forever altered. Whereas it has always been the policy of the United States of America, the government of the United States of America, the Pentagon of the United States of America, joint chiefs of staff of the United States of America, the president of the United States of America, and Congress of the United States of America, that officially we don't believe in UFOs. That's the official stance of the United States government since 1947, since Roswell. Since, well, let me say this since the day after Roswell, because the day of Roswell, it was the United States Army who told everybody, We have an alien crash ship. We have a flying saucer. Crashed out outside Roswell, New Mexico. Then the next day said, Wait, we didn't catch it. We didn't catch a UFO. What what made you think that? You did. Well, it was a mistake. That was a weather balloon. And they're all and they're all weather balloons, do you hear me? We know where your children live. They're all weather balloons. So now you understand the enormity of this. If you have if you're saying that every UFO sighting in the world in the last seventy years didn't happen, couldn't happen, so you don't believe it. It's time for you to change your mind. It's time for you to change your outlook. It's time for you to change your worldview. It's time for you to read your Bible, because it is now the official stance of the United States government that UFOs are real, and we're in, we're investigating them every day for nine months. Our best pilots, the best pilots in the world engaged these things. One guy just told you his missile system locked on it, ready to fire. Um, anyway, he said, keeping an aircraft, this is what he said, Ryan Graves, keeping the aircraft and requires significant amount of energy with speeds we observe 12 hours in the air, 11 hours longer than we'd expect. In the late 2014, a Super Hornet pilot had a near collision with one of the objects and an official mishap report was filed. Some of the incidents were videotaped, including one taken by a plane's camera in early 2015 that shows an object zooming over the ocean waves as pilots question what they're watching. Wow, what is that, man? One exclaims, look at it, fly. No one in the Defense Department is saying that the objects were extraterrestrial, and experts emphasize that earthly explanations can generally be found for such incidents. Lieutenant Graves and four other Navy pilots who said in interviews with the New York Times that they saw the objects in 2014 and 2015 in training maneuvers from Virginia to Florida off the aircraft carrier Theodore Roosevelt make no Make no what? Make no assertions of their provenance. In other words, we're not saying where they're coming from. Joseph Gratisher, a Navy spokesman, said the new guidance was an update of instructions that went out to the fleet in 2015 after the Roosevelt incidents. In other words, because of the sightings in 2014, new instructions went out to the pilots. After this happened, the Army, the Navy, the Pentagon changed its official position about this. And you just what we just read was they updated the radar systems. So now they're catching them. We got updated technology to detect things that our pilots didn't see. And now they're picking them up. And now... Now, missile systems are locking onto these objects, even though the pilots can't see them. Uh, there were a number of different reports, he said. Some cases could have been commercial drones, he said. But in other cases, we don't know who's doing this, and we don't have enough data to track this. So the intent of the message to the fleet is to provide updated guidance on reporting procedures for suspected intrusions into our airspace. The sightings were reported to the Pentagon's shadowy little known ATIP program, which analyzed the radar data, video footage, and accounts provided by senior officers from the Roosevelt. Luis Elizondo, a military intelligence official who ran the program until he resigned in twenty seventeen, called the sightings quote a striking series of incidents. Now he I guarantee, and I know for a fact Lou Elizondo has said a lot more about these incidents but that's what the new york times reported that he said and i believe he said it but i'm just telling you i've, I've watched a lot of videos of this guy talking and he has said a lot more about these uh let's see here da, 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 da. The Navy recently said it currently investigates military reports of UFOs in Elizondo. And other participants say the program, Parts of it Remain Classified, has continued in other forms. The program has also studied video that shows a whitish oval object described as a giant tic-tac about the size of a commercial plane encountered by two Navy fighter jets off the coast of San Diego in 2004. Now listen to this. Let me get my pen so I can underline this for you. Let me show you the kind of lunacy that exists in this world. They say we're crazy because we believe in UFOs. Look at this guy says. Leon Golub, a senior astrophysicist at the Hobbit Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics, said the possibility of an extraterrestrial cause is, quote, so unlikely. It competes with many other low probability but more mundane explanations. In other words, he said... It is highly unlikely that this is from an extraterrestrial source. I know because I have a telescope. See, he says, he added that there are so many other possibilities. Bugs in the code for the imaging and display systems. Okay, let me answer this one. I'm not, I'm not a military expert by any means whatsoever. So here's what you're saying, Mr. Golub. You're saying that our Pentagon has sent th- some of the most lethal fighting machines ever invented by mankind out into active service with bad radar. That's what you're saying. You're saying that you, that the defense of the United States of America is now at risk because of bad radar systems. That's what you're saying. Number two, atmospheric effects and reflections. Here's what else you're saying. You're saying that the most sophisticated warfighting machines ever invented, whose systems will automatically lock on to any perceived threat with lethal force, cannot tell the difference between a toot in the wind and an enemy fighter. That's what you're saying. Number three, neurological overload from multiple inputs during high-speed flight. Here's what you're saying. You're saying that the best trained pilots in the world are all crazy because they've been flying too long. And these are the guys who are every day on the front line of the defense. You, understa- you understand that we send hundreds if not thousands of fighter jets out every single day and night from bases located up and down both coasts of the United States of America. And in doing so, that's what keeps the Russians, the North Koreans, the Chinese, and any other nation who has a fight to pick with the United States, this is what keeps them over in their side of the world from coming to our side of the world. We would have been invaded already. Had it not been for these guys out there flying day and night. What, you think we just waste money with guys doing, you know, let's fly a plane today. Let's fly a plane. You think that happens? No. We send guys out armed aircraft every day as a show of force against our enemies. And if we didn't do that, we would have been invaded already. What do you think keeps Russia... What do you think kept Russia at bay for all those years during the Cold War? What do you think keeps China and North Korea from launching missiles or sending aircraft over and dropping troops down on us right now? What do you think keeps that from happening? The fact that our guys are out there flying every day as a show of force. It's like a great big... Six foot eight, great big burly guy telling a little guy, come on, come at me, come at me, make a move toward me. What's that little guy going to do? He's not going to do a thing. Do you know why? The burly guy is a show of force. The burly guy would take that guy and tear him in half that 's what our fighter jets are out there doing every day they 're flying out of pensacola they 're flying out of virginia they 're flying out of washington they 're flying everywhere we 've got a naval base up and down both coasts they 're sending flyers out every single day and night as a show of force against their enemies and you 're saying you're this havid guy is saying that these guys are having neurological overload, and they 're out on the field the front line of defense against the United States of America. Mr. Harvard, you're an idiot. You're you're a raving you're a raving lunatic. And the fact that these guys with these sophisticated fighting machines are out there protecting your right to say stupid stuff like this boggles my mind. Now I'm not for ET at all because that represents the enemy to this world and I know it. But I am pro-military in this country, and I'm not going to apologize for that. You see, they're bringing in a new world order. No, most of these guys are good patriots that have, def- that have defended your right to your conspiracy theories. You think we have our freedom in this country just because we wrote a document that says we're having freedoms? Freedom has to be protected, and it's been protected by the best military force ever devised in human history. And it, it ticks me off when Harvard elite idiots like this criticize either our weapon systems or our, or our military guys. Ticks me off. Lieutenant Graves still cannot explain what he saw. In the summer of 2014, he and Lieutenant Danny Acon. we read this story. Um, let me move on from this. Let's see here. One guy said, "I almost hit one of those things." The pilot and his wingman were flying in tandem about 100 feet apart over the Atlantic East uh, of Virginia Beach, that's where we have a naval base, when something flew between them, right past the cockpit, it looked to the he said it, it looked to the pilot, Lieutenant Graves said, like a sphere encasing a cube. The incident so spooked the squadron that an aviation flight safety report was filed. These guys don't like to report UFOs, but this guy had no choice. This thing almost hit him. The near-miss he and other pilots interviewed said angered the squadron and convinced him that the objects were not part of a classified drone program. I mean, you have to, These guys are trained to spot what a drone looks like, what a MiG looks like, What a commercial flight looks like. What a commercial flight in trouble looks like. These guys are trained. You think if it was a drone, they would go, that's a drone. They would know it. So this is not misidentification by fighter pilots either. Give me a break. Government officials would know. Fighter pilots were training in the area. They reasoned would not send drones to get in the way. He said it turned from a t- potentially classified drone program to a safety issue. It was going to be a matter of time before someone had a mid-air collision. He said we have helicopters that can hover. We have aircraft that can fly at 30,000 feet and, and ride at the surface, but combine all that in one vehicle of some type with no jet engine, no exhaust plume. That's what they saw. A coin said, We're here to do a job with excellence, not make up myths. I agree. March 2015, the Roosevelt left the coast of Florida and headed to the Persian Gulf as part of the. Now, if, if this really was misidentification of the pilots or they had neurological overload or their weapon systems, something wrong with them, then why do we send them to the Persian Gulf? To go on active frontline duty if there was something wrong with them. There isn't. That's made up. So here's what it looked like. This was the Tic Tac, what they called the Tic Tac. Now, this is an actual photograph, not of the particular incident that the New York Times mentioned, but an actual UFO photograph that seems to resemble the Tic Tac. couldn't be. I don't know. This is what the gimbal looked like. Okay, this is the actual A-tip released video. Now, this photograph is an actual photograph. An American naval submarine back in the early 70s had a surface contact. It went up to investigate and took this photograph not cgi picture photograph light going into a lens leaving an imprint upon film that's the picture it took okay actual event happened early i'm going to say 1973 it could be wrong by the way Secure team 10 the guy the guy it's far- concerned does not know the Lord but he's got some pretty good information if you want to follow his YouTube channel uh, I get not, I, you know I'm not getting anything from it the guy doesn't know about me but I watch this guy I haven't watched every video but he's got some stuff on there that makes me go okay I think there's something going on here this is another uh, thing of the gimbal okay this also actual photograph I think from a submarine, might have been the same submarine. This is from an Ecuador naval pilot taken several years ago. This was actually released by the government of Ecuador, as this is a a real official UFO flying over Ecuadorian airspace. And it was emitting, this is FLIR, This is a FLIR image, forward-looking infrared. And when it's hot, when it's hot, it shows up as white. And this UFO was emitting some sort of hot gas out of it or some sort of hot energy of some kind out of it. have no idea what it was. Now, again, if your worldview does not allow for this, it's your world view that is at fault. It's not the National Enquirer's fault. It's not my fault. It's not God's fault. It's not the Bible's fault. It's you, the problem is with how you see the world. Even as a Christian, you'd say, "Yeah, I believe in the devil and I believe in devils, but they're not. They don't show up. You can never see them, and they all have pitchforks and wearing red suits." Okay. Because that's when you the word devils, boom, we get this, you know, image of deviled ham, you know, underwood deviled ham. And the little devil that they had on the devil head can. That's what that's your image of it. But that's not the Bible actually gives you a much different description of what evil angels actually look like. And I'm going to get into that. This is Kenneth Arnold, 1947, flying around Mount Rainier. And here's what he's doing around Mount Rainier. Kenneth Arnold was a fire equipment salesman. And apparently he was pretty good at it because he had his own plane. And he would go to, like, forestry service groups and sell firefighting equipment and fire equipment so that Forestry Service could put out fires. So he's flying back and at Mount Rainier a week before this event an airplane, a small airplane went down and it had like 10 Marines in it and then it went missing and nobody knew where it was. So Arnold then on his way back he's flying around Mount Rainier he's doing a he's doing a recon he's looking he's helping to look for this downed aircraft he's looking for signs looking for the aircraft or looking for smoke or looking for debris or looking for you know maybe a campfire set by these marines showing you hey we're alive you know and th- and we're stranded out here coming up help- so he's look he's helping And when he gets to Mount Rainier, he starts flying around, he sees these. And he said, here's what he actually said. He did not say, I saw flying saucers, because as of this date, the term flying saucers was never used. So he says, I saw these objects. See, he's pointing to this right here. This is what I saw. I saw these objects. And he said They were skipping across the sky like throwing saucers skipping across the top of water. Saucers. So then Kenneth Arnold sees flying saucers. All right, that's where it came from. Incidentally, the downed plane that he was looking for. was actually found, not by Arnold, but by somebody else. All ten Marines were missing. To this day, nobody knows where they are. So on June twenty, June 24th, nine unusual objects flying in the skies. He claimed to have seen UFOs on several other occasions and afterwards as well. He says they were half-moon-shaped, oval in front, convex in the rear, something like a pie plate that was cut in half with a sort of convex triangle in the rear, or simply saucer-like or like a big, flat disc. So that's when the newspapers coined the term flying sausage. So Flying saucer, excuse me. Now, 1947, Roswell, July, that looks like July 4th, maybe July something else. 1947, RAAF, Army Air Force, Roswell Army Air Force. There's a base. Now understand the first atomic bomb exploded not too far from Roswell. There is a connection between atomic bombs, or what we would call nuclear bombs, nuclear missile silos, nuclear missile bases, and multiple UFO uh, encounters at military nuclear missile bases. So, 1947, we've already tested the atomic bomb. And the only bomber group in the entire world in 1940, between 1945 and 1947, that actually carried atomic bombs was the Army Air Force Base at. Roswell, New Mexico. Is there a connection? There seems to be. And because we didn't want, you know, right after World War II, you know, while we're fighting Germany. The Soviet Union is also fighting Germany, so the enemy of our enemy is my friend type of scenario exists between the United States and the Soviet Union. So that's why you have that picture of Churchill, Stalin, and Roosevelt. And, you know, bless their heart, Churchill and Stalin said, you know, hey, Roosevelt, when he comes in, he's going to be sitting in a wheelchair, so let's not stand next to him, let's sit next to him so we don't embarrass him because he can't stand, because he had polio. So that's why you see the three sitting on the couch together, not standing up. So anyway, um, you know, the Soviet Union then, immediately after the Germ- Germany is surrendered, the Soviet Union now becomes, well, we're not friends anymore. Because they know we used an atomic bomb, and the Soviet Union being what the Soviet Union is, says it's not fair that America has an atomic bomb. We want one, too. And so they figured that at some point the Soviets might try to send some sort of bomber group over to bomb the Roswell Army Air Force Base because they're the only ones who carried atomic bombs. So, the... Army Air Force Base at Roswell, some very sophisticated radar systems were set up to protect the air base at Roswell because they had nuclear bombs there or atomic bombs there. Big, big radar dishes. Big-time radar things. Now, we learn from um, Colonel Corso I'll show you who he is in a minute. We learned from him that apparently it was the radar systems that caused the flying saucers to crash because they didn't just crash around Roswell. They crashed around other places where these big, huge radar dishes were installed. It somehow jammed them up. and They couldn't navigate and it crashed. I'll get to that in a little bit. RAAF captures flying saucer on ranch in Roswell. Now, you need to understand this. The papers and the local radio station didn't just announce this against government wishes. They actually got this story from the Roswell Army Air Force Base Commander-in-Chief, whoever it was. He released the story that said, we're out here picking up pieces from a crashed flying saucer. That's what went over the radio that afternoon. So it was admitted by the Roswell Army Air Force Base that they were in the process of recovering a crashed flying saucer outside of Roswell. Notice down here at the bottom, Roswellians have differing opinions on flying saucers. That was when Roswell was a sleepy little Air Force town. And you could drive into Roswell, New Mexico and not find a picture or a symbol of a UFO or an alien anywhere. Now, you can't drive to within 20 miles of Roswell, New Mexico without seeing the image of an alien or a UFO. Because it's taken over the town. I mean that's why do why would anybody why would a tourist go to Roswell, New Mexico? That's why they go there now, but then the next day, next day, when the Pentagon realizes what they have, they said uh, immediately, from now on, the official position of the United States government is there is no such thing as UFOs. They're only weather balloons or something else, but they're not alien craft from another world or from outer space. They're not that. And they're never going to be that. Do you understand? Yes, sir. That's how it happened. Army reveals it has flying disc found on ranch and I mean this whole story. Whole story. Look at what it says. Army reveals that. And that's how it happened. At first, it was the Army. The Army issued the story. Roswell, New Mexico, July day. has announced a flying disc has been... The Army Air Forces here today announced a flying disc has been found on a ranch near Roswell and is in possession of the Army. Lieutenant Warren Haught, public information officer at the Roswell Army Airfield, announced the find had been made sometime last week and has been turned over to the airfield through cooperation of the Sheriff's Office. They were, in, they were included because the guy called the sheriff first when he found the wreckage. Sheriff came out, looked at it. I think we need to get the Army base in on this. They, maybe they got something we don't know about it. So the Army guys came out, surrounded the place, picked up everything they could find. Then they released the story. Then when the, I guess, the higher brass at the Pentagon said, you idiot, what you, well, you told them what? Then all of a sudden they changed the story. And then they actually they actually had a guy out there posing with the wreckage of a weather balloon. So this is all it was. <laughs> you guys in the press, you cracked me up this UFO stuff A little green men flying around <laughs> making a big joke about it. But they're the ones that came out with the story first. Now, let's go back in history. Let's go get our time machine. Look at look at history. You have this religious connection with flying... I mean, look at this. I don't know when this painting was painted, but, you know, let's say that it wasn't painted after Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the movie, came out. Because what it looks like is something from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And you see it, it's in barely there. It's in the background. You have this image of... Let's say it the way it really is. Here is the sun god. Here is... Look at what she has on her. On her clothing. She has sun god images on her. This is not Mary. This is Mystery Babylon. The great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. And remember... I want you to understand a concept. God always reveals secret things, does he not? Who then is the one who conceals secret things? If God is the one who reveals secret things, who tries to conceal them? Mystery is her name. It's her first name. And then she has a funny last name, Babylon the Great, the Mother of Father's Abomination of the Earth. <clears throat> Maybe it sounds different in Greek. But that's her first name, mystery. So who is it that conceals things? It's her. Her. She's the one doing it. So in the background of this painting. And you see the guy some speculation is that it's the artist who is look he's shielding his eyes from the sun looking at this flying machine in the sky 1500 1600 probably when this thing came out they you know there are no there are no there are no drones flying around so what is he seeing here same thing here this is supposed to be the baptism of uh, of Jesus. Why in the world do you have a UFO flying overhead? History Channel spotted this cave art from somewhere I never did find out where it's from. Here you have another one. You have Mary get this now get ready for the get ready for the button to be pushed. This painting here is of the impregnation of the Virgin Mary. And that's supposedly the God that, are you, understand what you're seeing here sons of god and a daughter of men do you see it now sons of god daughters of men they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men is what you're see. you're seeing a corruption and you know it's a corruption because you have the pope here in this painting as well or some sort of dagon fish hat guy right uh, the peacock. <sighs> I got to show you this verse. I got to show you this verse. What is a peacock's tail? Full of eyes. Full of eyes. Full of eyes. Okay? Four, four times, four times in the Bible. Look at it. You have these, you have these heavenly creatures with rings full of eyes round about them four, and that's four times in the Bible. So you have a peacock here. Why? Because it, it's a fowl. It's a bird. It's an angel, full of eyes, on a peacock's tail. A lot of clues here, right? Am I just making this up? I don't think so. Uh, you've seen this probably somewhere. Here's a guy. There's supposed to be a comet, right? It's supposed to be a comet. I'm not buying it. This is this is something. This is a craft or something like this. Guy's piloting this. He's got his fingers pushing buttons on the control. He's looking back at another one. I don't know where this picture can, but this is a guy sighting a, a flying airship back, looks like 1700s. Okay? Uh, here's another one. You know, art is the photographs of days gone by. Now we have photographs. Now we have videos being taken of flying objects in the sky. We have photographs and going back through the 20th century. Before the 20th century, you didn't have very many photographs. You had paintings. People were painting objects in the sky. So now, what is this? Let's identify it, and then Thursday we'll talk some more about this unless something else grabs my attention. Psalm 68 the chariots of god are 20,000 even thousands of angels so here's here's what your bible is telling you chariots of god are angels now for years as a christian i did not know or did not click in my mind that God even used a chariot. So it didn't I it just didn't click in my mind. You know, I've read Ezekiel one, but it just didn't I didn't understand it. I didn't comprehend that that was God's living chariot. It was a conscious living chariot that God rode in. Now, does he need them? Nope. But for some reason, again, we don't, you know, we don't quite understand the thoughts of God because his thoughts are not our thoughts and his ways are not our ways. But for some reason, apparently, God, you know, chooses to present himself, at least to Ezekiel, riding his chariot. And his chariot rather than being made of, well, I mean, it's not too far-fetched. I mean, think about it. What did they build chariots out of? What did they make them of? I'll ask it like this. What were the wheels made of? You wouldn't, even though um, you had like, uh, who was it, Sisera had, had 900 chariots of iron. Now, an iron chariot is going to be, number one, a pretty heavy thing. But number two, it's going to be spearproof and arrowproof. You're guaranteed of that. But what were the wheels made of? They were not made of stone. It's too heavy. They were made of wood. Where does wood come from? DNA. (gasps) Now it clicks, doesn't it? Wood comes from DNA. Wood is a living biological entity. It was at one time alive and the substance of that wheel even though it was formed by the hands of man its substance came from a seed DNA a living thing is what it once was they cut the tree down cut out the the lumber for the for the wheels Put them into whatever machinery they had to to curve it, to bend it so that it wouldn't break. I've seen that process before. You wet the wood down, and you slowly, just over time, you apply pressure to it until it bends into the circle. But you don't just try to bend it all at once; you'll snap in half. But you gotta you gotta coax it into bending. That's what. But eventually, that wood came from DNA. It was a living entity it was had living biology to it and so think about it is it so far fetched then to understand that the chariot that god rode in was its own living entity it was it was a living thinking organism of the angelic realm Made from the wheels. You know, the wheels had a spirit in them. And it was the spirit of the living creature. They were called living creatures in Ezekiel 1. They were called beasts in Revelation 4. So if you take those two terms, mash them together, the spirit of the beasts was in the wheels. So they were a living entity. They could make decisions, it could do things, it thought through. And did things based upon its thinking ability. That's what you had. That's what God. God didn't write in something that was dead. What God? Listen, you think you had a sweet ride back in the day? God's ride outdid your ride every day and twice on Sundays. You know, Sunday morning service, Sunday night service. So I mean, that's that's what that's the if you were the real God, that's the kind of a vehicle that you would present yourself in. Not something made by man, not something that was dead and didn't have any life to it, like out of rocks and gold and things. I mean, this was a real living entity. The chariot was, the the ones who powered the chariot, which were the cherubims, the wheels themselves, they were all living things. All right? The horses that would carry it, living, again, a living creature. So, this is God. This is who, this is how he presented himself in the book of Ezekiel. He came riding in on an angelic chariot. The chariots of God are 20,000, even thousands of angels. So, we have types of angels. This is where is the rest of my list? Where's the rest of my list? I had, a, I had a whole list here. Maybe it's later on. Maybe I'm missing something here. Types of angels, men, seraphim, ringed, cherubim. You have humanoid, winged humanoid angels mentioned in the Bible. Dragons. I've got a list somewhere. Where is it? I can't find it. So let me go back to this. We have the two angels that came to Sodom. We have uh, the seraphims here. Isaiah chapter 6. This is another article. I've got some of the slides out of order. But anyway, the government admits it studies UFOs. So about those Area 51 conspiracy theories. And what I just said to you about a crashed alien ship. Is it even within the scope of... Of scriptures that that could have happened. All right, now we've established biblically. You say, "Well, you need a another um, another witness that God rides in a living chair." Well, we have Ezekiel one. We know then that the there we have these uh, four living creatures. Ezekiel 1, 4, and I looked, behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire unfolding itself, and a brightness was about it, and out of the midst thereof is the color of amber, uh, which, by the way, if you go to images.google.com and type in the phrase amber UFO orbs, get ready. Um, You do this at YouTube. Go to YouTube and type in Amber UFO Orbs and you'll see UFO videos. Stephen Greer can almost pull them up at will. Stephen Greer I watched uh, a lecture given by him. He is uh, the leader of what's called the Disclosure Project back in 2000. Some some uh, ex-government, ex-military people with security clearance got up and said, I worked at such and such base. I was in charge of all their nuclear missiles there. We had an incident where I got a call from our, from our gate security saying, you need to come up here. So he, came, he finally went up there, and there were UFOs parked over the entrance to this military base that had nuclear missiles in it and it shut down every missile on the base and I mean shut them down that's not even possible I mean you can you imagine the security the security clearance you have to have to be able to shut down an entire missile base Not one person, not a single person can do that. It takes a two-man team at best to even make the decision to do that. But every missile on that base shut down while those UFOs were there. This guy said, I will testify this before Congress. When you testify before Congress, you're under the penalties of perjury. If you lie to Congress, you go to jail for a long time. And these guys said, I am ready to testify before Congress. But anyway, that's Stephen Greer. He's the one that headed that up. Stephen Greer, according to his own testimony, was contacted while he was in college. By I'll call them familiar spirits, because that's essentially what they were. And Greer was then introduced to the whole UFO. Greer says that he was he came in contact with the the ones who are bringing the UFOs to this earth. And Greer is convinced that these UFOs are here for our benefit. So is Lou Elizondo, the guy that ran ATIP. He believes it. Elizondo, and I'll show you this Thursday, claims that they have in their possession tangibles. What he means by that is tangible proof he could say, here, this is from a UFO. Here it is, it's in your hand now, this is from a UFO. Elizondo claims that that exists and that his team, he now works for Tom DeLonge, the Freemason rock star. And they have the tangibles. Now, there's a reason why these stories are coming out this week. I want you to understand that it's not just a random event. Those of you who sent me the story, there's a reason why they're coming out this week. It's because Elizondo is part of a six-part series that's going to be on the History Channel this week. Imagine that. So it's there's it's not really some new story that's coming out. This is all at ad, an advanced I'll give you a little picture and a big picture. The little picture is the History Channel wants a lot of publicity for this series because they want to make a lot of ad money. While you watch, if you watch this series, then you will generate a lot of ad revenue for the History Channel. So the History Channel wants a lot of press coverage of their UFO series coming out with Lou Elizondo. They they taped this series months ago. And it's been planned to release all of this information to the New York Times and to these other news outlets to generate interest in this History Channel series. That's, the little, that's not the big picture. That's the little picture. Here's the big picture. Let's get everybody used to the idea that there are unidentified flying objects they're real this is not make believe it's a real thing all right let's get everybody used to this let's get it mainstream let's get let's get the harvard people used to it let's get the bible scholars used to it Let's get the religious leaders. Let's get the scientists. Let's get the atheist involved. Let's get Let's get everybody who owns and runs and manages telescopes. Let's get the Hubble people involved. Let's get everybody on board. So, you know, we're we're we we are entering into a new age. You know, you have from what is it, 1947 to this day. How many how many years is that? That's how many years the United States government official position is there is no such thing as UFOs. There is no such thing as flying saucers or alien craft. Those don't exist. That's been the official position. I want you to understand how big this is. This is a paradigm shifting event we're dealing with where people's minds are going to be changed. Permanently. Okay, it's like 2000. It's like September 11, 2001. A paradigm shift happened. People all of a sudden now are saying we want safety over freedom in this country, and we have it now, supposedly. So now a new paradigm, a new shift in consciousness is being brought about because now we're entering into the age of knowledge that we're not alone in this universe and that we have been visited for thousands of years from some sort of race of people beyond planet earth that's going to be the new normal and it's not going to all happen in a day it's not i mean you're just now coming out as the government is saying Okay, yeah, we've been studying these things. We don't just say no UFOs ever. We don't our pilots, they're not seeing these things. They're seeing swamp gas. They're not saying that anymore. They're saying, yes, our pilots are seeing this and we're investigating it right now. But that's as far as they got. But you gotta understand how big this thing is. Alright? That's the big picture. That's as Paul Harvey would say, that's the rest of the story. Good day. That's my best Paul Harvey. Anyway, it's a new Watchman out this week. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If you have not subscribed to my YouTube channel, go subscribe to it. This will be on there. You'll get notifications of everything that I do because everything that I do, you're the reason why I do it. Lord bless you. I love you. We'll talk to you later.